reality, uh, in respect of that word reality that you keep using, uh, the Lord spoke to me in a very particular way. You know, you say, I am a new creation, I'm, I'm a light of the world. And, you know, we keep making these confessions and it doesn't really become a reality with us. And God told me, God told me, uh, a doctor doesn't go about saying, I'm an MBBS, I've done my master's in surgery, I've done this. That. He doesn't go around. He goes around giving medication or doing things to that. An architect doesn't go around and say, I've done my BR, I've done my master's in, in design, but he actually yeah. designs things. So, so yeah. that's, 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 that's what the Lord spoke to me. And said. They're, they're just doing their thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the way. I mean, you just live your life, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So like I was saying from the start, if you have any questions, any suggestions, or any kind of uh, experiences that you want to share, so we want to start off with that. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask. If you have any experiences, Father God spoke to you, you saw any visions, dreams, feel free to share. If not, we'll kind of like just dive in. And we'll have a Q&A afterwards as well. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Can I yeah, can share ahead. an experience? Yeah. So, uh, 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 in this new place where we are uh, living now in Norris, okay, uh, there was um, uh, the storm recently, the cyclone. And uh, during that cyclone, there was, uh, in, in our series of the flat, there was a lot of uh, rain lashing with the wind to the windows and there are huge French windows on one side. So uh, what happened is uh, the rain was lashing and lashing and uh, we have a group uh, of all the members who are staying in Oris Serenity. What happened is I was checking on the group and I see uh, actually from initially, let me just give you a brief that in this group, na, each and every member no, has always complained about something about the building. You know, builder ne ye kiya, builder ne wo diya. Uh, you know, they have not done it well. They said this is missing, that is missing, this complaint, that complaint, that complaint. And from day one, we have been always loving the place so much that we always said this is a wonderful place to anybody. I mean, even if my friends or relatives or I mean we, we were enjoying, we are enjoying this place. So we we are manifesting it in that manner. Hey, this is awesome place, this is beautiful, nothing. And even if there is something, we know that this will be resolved and nothing can come. So this this keeps on happening from quite some time. So I'm just coming to this point where the cyclone was there and that everybody had, you know, posted videos of water entering into their home from the window seals and water I mean, we were shocked to see the videos because there were people removing the water from their living room, from their bedroom, you know, and flushing it out and, you know, soaking, uh, putting all bed sheets around the window seal so that water will not enter through the, uh, because of the cyclone, the wind and the storm and all that. And we are in the same series of that same where it is, you know, uh, southwest hitting the, the rain, hitting with that wind. And to our surprise, or I can say, you know, the bliss we stay in, there was not a single drop of water in our flat. Not even in the living room, not even in the bedroom. And the same series above, 
there is water lashing inside so we felt sorry obviously for all that is happening maybe some technical issues from the builder side or maybe the window seals or whatever but i was very surprised to know that there was no water leakage in our flat so i really don't know matlab to how to put it but this is an experience i wanted to share so is it i mean like what we manifest or you know how we speak about and uh, things change because of that because this was like a miracle i mean i have literally seen people just moving water and water but there was nothing in our flat there was no water and the same amount of rain has been lashing our windows so it was uh, i mean the whole group was complaining and we were the one who was so, so obviously we prayed for everyone but we were wondering you know how this is so so powerful i i really wanted to share this and uh, you know uh, because we have been manifesting that life in that flat so this is i i i just want you to connect with your word how this works you know thanks sir yeah so uh, i will uh, I, i will discuss about this probably in the next three next two three ages because uh, at that time we'll come over to this how we are basically framing realities without really knowing it and how we can basically channel our framing of realities consciously so that we get what we want how we want to get it and that is something that uh, that's one of the you know you remember the three things that we want to accomplish through the egs is one we are living above sickness and disease we are living above trouble and uh, problems and we are living in abundance right this is the one of the these are the three things that we want to accomplish through the eternity group living above sickness in other words you never fall sick there is no concept of sickness there is no idea of sickness there is no vocabulary of sickness in your life you have no problems and no trouble whatsoever it does not exist in your reality and you are living in abundance right so these are the three things we want to accomplish through the egs and framing your reality is one of the keys of how we want to really do this because i mean it's something that we are already doing but most of it is being channeled in a direction where we don't want it to go it's unconscious and sometimes we are doing it in a positive way but we don't know what's happening we don't know how to do it or how how it's being done so we want to consciously focus on how to frame our reality in such a way where it's like whatever you want all you got to do is know it and it's done for you so that's something we want to go through as we so probably in the next two three ages I'll address this and this is something that steven was already uh, sunny was already talking about in her, in the eg in uh, just now when he shared about you know how there's no water in his house and the rest of the people are suffering the, with the with the rain lashing but uh, it's something that he created for himself because i've heard him say this many times that you know it's like we are living in we are living in the father so i mean these kind of things don't happen in the father so in effect he's already framed that reality for himself that these kind of things should not be happening and they can't happen in his life now that's a framed reality it's something that you have already created for yourself a world that you are living in which cannot be touched so we'll consciously do it as we go along kevin was saying something yeah so uh, 
remember the last time i had mentioned about that uh, that garden experience which i had i i forgot to uh, add one more thing that as i was walking along that path uh, i realized that i was not walking alone i was holding on to someone on my right side and i was holding on to that person's arm with both my hands and i realized yes this is a father only i mean there's no one else who is here except me and anyone else so that is something that had really uh, helped me to see more into the spiritual realm that that's awesome i mean uh, I, i'm believing that all of us will have the some of the experiences the last time we were talking about imagination right and how imagination is basically the birthplace of faith in other words if you can imagine if you can trust what you're seeing in your spiritual senses father god will not uh, father god will be able to show you anything and you'll be able to see it more clearly but if you reject your imagination and you kind of like you know diss it or kind of, or don't pay attention to it you you count it as something that is you know it's like uh, it's not real it's not uh, it's not worth uh, thinking about then what you're doing is you're you're not allowing father god to actually do much or show you much or actually give you that uh, experience of exploring the heavenly realms so as far as possible try to imagine see yourself like we did the last time you walk into your building you walked on the elevator try something else do something else right sit and spend time with father god spend time with him so for example i'm sure some of you must be spending time with god right so now when you spend time with the father all you got to do is sit and imagine that he's right there imagine that you are sitting with him you're chatting with him imagine you met you met jesus it doesn't matter how he looks you can create your own version of him when you see him you'll see him for who he is it doesn't matter what, how you see him if you want to start with your imagination it's fine right as long as you start sensitizing yourself to the spiritual realm because imagination is the gateway to the to the heavenly realms in other words if you can see something that is not physically visible you are accessing something that is intangible and invisible and second corinthians 4:18 right paul he he recognized this early on so for him it was very real when he said that we don't look at things that are seen we don't acknowledge things that are seen that are visible we acknowledge the things that are not seen the unseen realm that's what we should acknowledge primarily why because the seen realm the physical realm is temporary it's temporal in other words it is it can be changed it is ever changing but the spiritual realm the heavenly realm which you can't see that is the eternal realm from which this temporal realm is manifested so what you and i need to do is spend as much time as you can imagining very soon that imagination will become your reality in the heavenly realms and that is a guarantee right because it's the way it works now it's not the only way it works you god can father god can show you a different way as well but as long as you start or at least head in that direction in some direction towards i want to see the heavenly realms i want to see the spiritual realm as long as you start heading in that direction he will do he wants you there he wants you to see it so he will move heaven and earth just to get you to come and experience him which father will not want that right much more our father in heaven so go for it right spend that time anyone else anything to share 
Hi. Hi. I have a question. Hi. Yeah, go ahead. Um, how do you like I know you spend time with father, but how do you keep like your like what you said is like blocking out your outside and how do you keep that like really for a long time? Like you're really in that, like in almost like absorb into him. And um, like with your imagination, how do you keep that in consciously? Okay. So in the beginning, it was kind of like, uh, I really had to, every time I would see something, every time I would spend time with Father God, it would be more like I had to kind of stop thinking. Some thoughts came across my mind. I would see something moving. I would hear some sounds. Again, I had to shake it off and get back, you know, get back on track focus. So in the beginning, it was like I had to seclude myself, okay, in my room in my studio and spend time with Father God, you know, just be to myself and spend time. with him. So I spent a lot of time with Father God uh, to begin with over there. But I knew that, okay, fine. If I have to meet Father God, I don't want it to be only in this room. I don't want it to be only in my studio. I don't want it to be in, in this environment, such a controlled environment in which, you know, there's no sound, there's no this because I don't have this luxury day in and day out. I want to be able to, even when I'm driving, walking on the street, going to buy bhaji or vegetables or going to, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm making some, uh, cooking some food, boiling an egg or whatever. I want to be able to spend time with Father God, see him, you know, just, just, just be there with him. So I started moving out from that controlled environment and becoming more conscious and aware of him. So in the beginning, how it started was I would spend time with him and, you know, it's like, just kind of like, uh, thoughts come through my mind, I would have to shake it off, start over again, shake it off, start over again. And that was, that took a while, but it eventually happened for me where I got so sensitive to the spiritual realm, to the heavenly realms, where it's like, I can, I can do it even when someone is talking. I mean, that that's become an art for me right now. So it's like, whenever I'm, you know, uh, I don't mean to be rude, but whenever I have to listen to something and, you know, I can't escape it or I have to, I have to be there. I would basically be there, but zone out and go, go probably go spend time with Father God, go to my garden or somewhere I, I would be while still in that place. And, you know, all the stuff is happening around me. So it's like something I develop and you can, and you can do that. Yeah. All you got to do is come into that place of being sensitive to, okay, fine. You know, it's like I can, I can lock myself out of this physical realm, this physical reality where the sounds and everything, you know, they don't matter. I can't hear it. It's there, but you can't hear it. Now, uh, Sunny and all were living in uh, their previous house, okay, and uh, Edelweiss, right? And in that house, you, when we came to that house, when we when we met Sunny, uh, the windows, I mean, the the house was just on the road, and you can hear the sound of cars and you know the the honking of horns. That was the main road, and the the the, the windows were shut. Everything was shut, but you can still hear the sound of the honky of horns and traffic and everything on the road. And when we came in there for the first time, I was like, this is a lot of noise. But uh, I, I, and I asked him, he was like, this is quite noisy over here. And he's like, no noise, we can't hear anything. You, you understand? They got so deaf to that sound. In other words, that sound was just drowned out because it, it was like as if it didn't matter. They were not listening to that sound anymore. What they were listening to is what they were focused on, what was happening inside the house. So that kind of sound became like ambient sound. It became white noise. 
right in the background where you don't pay attention to it. So in the same way, everything else, the moment you focus on where you want to be and go where you want to be, everything else becomes white noise. It's just ambience. You will never pay attention to it. You never focus on it. So you, it just goes away. So in the same way, you kind of like sensitize yourself to the heavenly realms where everything else becomes, you know, you, you just don't, it's, it's there, but you're not there. It's there, but it's, you're, you're somewhere else. It's like you're, uh, there, there was someone who was uh, talking to me once. I was standing and chatting, to, uh, chatting with someone in one party and it was quite loud. And uh, I don't mean to be rude, but the, I was getting bored because he was going on and on about, you know, saying something and it was taking a really long time and he was not getting to the point. So suddenly I saw, I found myself snap out of this thing where I was actually looking right through him because I had gone off somewhere and he was saying everything he was saying. And when he said, you know, and I was like, uh, that at that point I came back, I was like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, so I kind of like drowned out the party noise, I drowned out the, what he was saying and everything and I was off somewhere. And then I, then I kind of like, you know, listened to him and it was like, but you can do that, right? You can be off somewhere, just kind of like zone out and things will still be happening around you. And that's exactly what it means to go off into the heavenly realm. You can completely drown out everything around you. So yeah, any other questions? You know, in, uh, in Hebrews, uh, I don't know whether it's in Hebrews or where, yeah, I think it's in Hebrews. It says that uh, children, uh, let me find that uh, what what it says. Okay, it says something about by practice you sensitize yourself to the heavenly realms. Um, Hebrews five, I think. Yeah, Hebrews five uh, verse fourteen. It says, "But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil." Now, everything that has to do with heaven is about discerning, it's about understanding, and it's about sensitizing yourself to everything that is in heaven, okay? So, remember the last time I was showing you that, uh, that drawing about, you know, how, so, showing you about how this is your soul, we are, this is the spiritual realm, and this is the physical realm, and what we are basically doing is, we live our entire life on this side of, uh, uh, on this side. In other words, in the physical realm alone, most of the time. So what's taking place is that while we are here in this physical realm, we start looking at everything that has an impact and an influence on our soul. So we tend to see everything from this side instead of living a holistic life where it's like everything that is on the spiritual realm starts translating and starts manifesting itself on this side of the spectrum. So this is where we are supposed to be living from this side here. That's where Adam lived. Adam lived over here. He was living over here. He was living over here. He was living in all three realms. Now Adam was created as one entire being full. There was no separation for him. He, he didn't realize, he didn't know only one side. He was not living on only one side. He was living on an entire life. In other words, spirit, soul, and body. That's why he could see God, interact with God, and everything about him was the father. And then the more he started uh, living out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, okay, more he started living out of right and wrong, every, everything started you know, influencing him on this side. 
In other words, all his performance started mattering the most. In other words, the way he lived, what he did, how he did it, his good, his wrong, his bad, things that went wrong, everything started happening on this side and that had more influence on his life. Majority of the world is living here. And when I say majority, I'm talking about at least 95 to 98% of the world is living here. Very few are actually living on this side. Very few. So what we need to do is get back what God wants. What Father God wants is for us to get back into that place where we are living or the, what he originally designed of living a whole, a whole and complete life, just like he designed right from the start. In other words, there is no, there's no distinction. There's no separation between spirit, soul and body. You can't tell the difference between what the spiritual realm is what the physical realm is. And that is what Jesus came to bring back. So he has completely restored everything back to the place of Adam, where now we are catching up to that reality that Adam lived in right from the time he was created. He was made and put on the earth. Right? So that's who we are. Now, what I want to talk about today is the conscience. Okay? The last time we spoke about in brief about what the conscience is and how it impacts our life, right? Uh, I shared with you about how uh, our conscience is the most vital faculty of our soul. So, and, and vital faculty of our mind, right? So we have our mind, okay? We have, sorry, we have a soul. We have the mind in the soul and inside one of the most major faculties, this is your soul, this is your mind. And right inside over there is the conscience. The conscience comprises of your subconscious, uh, your conscious, your subconscious and your unconscious mind. So all these three comprise your conscience. Now, you heard, I mean, uh, for, for those of you who have read the Bible and uh, you're familiar with what the Bible says, okay, you've probably heard it preached. I mean, they've, this is, this is like preached throughout. I've seen so many scriptures, so many pastors, so many messages and all going out saying, the heart is deceitful above all else. Have you heard this said anywhere? If you've read the Bible and if you heard, uh, you know, Sunday preaching and Sunday teaching and all that, the heart is the most deceitful thing and, you know, stuff like that. Now, it also says in Ezekiel, Daniel, God said, I will give you, I will remove the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, I'll give you a new heart. That's what it says in Daniel, right? I'll give you a new heart. How? What, what is this heart? Any idea what the heart is? It, it's not this organ. Okay. What is the heart that God is talking about? Why, why does he say, I will give you a new heart and I'll give you a new spirit? What does that mean? Well, the heart is your, is, is the core. Okay. The, the, the most important organ of your body second only to your brain, right? Your heart basically is everything. Uh, you must have heard it said, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. You heard it said that, right? I mean, that's also something that's flowing off the pulpit. Now, why does why did the Old Testament authors or the prophets say something like, 
guard your hearts and this is one of the proverbs or the one of the psalms that says guard your hearts for because out of your heart flows the issues of life and why does it say that your heart is most deceitful above all else because your heart is your conscience and your conscience is the most important thing you have because your conscience determines how you live your life you remember i was telling you right from the beginning of this uh, of today's session about how you can live your life on the basis on the narrative and your relationship and your culture and all these other things that influence your life so your conscience is always you're you're always conscious of other people you're conscious of tradition you're conscious of your life your family your religion your whatever it is you're conscious of it what is that it's your conscience living your life that's why it says that's why the olden why did adam hide from god because his conscience got so pricked by what he did okay that he could not face god anymore for him it was like you know uh, oh my god you know I, i i can't have this so he hid from god both adam and eve because god had told him very clearly don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you in the day of eat of, uh, you eat of it dying you will die so his conscience got totally pricked now normally if his conscience didn't get pricked he would like you know i i goofed up okay if he would have done that if if his conscience had not taken over we would not be in this predicament we are today he passed on that fallen conscience okay not sin he passed on the fallen conscience to the rest of humanity so everyone was taught right from adam about what you do what you sow what you give how you live all that will come back to you in one form or the other what you sow is what you reap you heard that said what you sow is what you reap yeah all that is a fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil what you sow tithes and offerings this that the other and all that i'm not saying don't tithe and all give offerings i'm not saying that what i am saying is that is the fruit it is a fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil why did god say tithe in the old testament he didn't say tithe in the new testament but he said tithe in the old testament why did he say that did you know that tithing was not money in the old testament it had nothing to do with money do you know what the tithe was the tithe was all the poor people of israel all the fatherless in other words the orphans and all the widows were taken care of by the 10% that was given by the other people of israel who would and it would be given to care for all these who could not care for themselves that is where the tithe went do you know where else the tithe went the priests the the levitical priesthood the levites were given only one responsibility to take uh, to to be responsible for the priesthood that would be their communication between god and the nation of israel the for their care right now here's the deal you and i okay are the new priesthood there is no priest now between god and man so the priest now according to revelation chapter 5 and six is that you and i are the priests towards god 
Now I'm not saying don't tithe and don't give offerings and all. I'm not saying all that. Okay, you want to give, give, be be free in your heart. If you feel like you have to give and all that, just give, no problem. Okay, what I am saying is that God doesn't ask for it. So your conscience should not be, oh wait a minute, you know, it's like I've got to give and I've got to, you know, uh, if I don't do it, then God will not give me anything. If I don't sow, then I will not reap. If I don't, you know, give tithes, then if I don't give first fruit, and all these things that you know that Christianity has made happen by tradition. What tradition? The old covenant tradition. You are not a Jew. Any Jews over here? Israelites? Anyone? You are not Jews. It does not apply to you. The Gentiles were not asked for tithes, or offerings, or first fruits. Or arms or anything, God didn't command it for them, right? But now the only thing that compels you and me today is not obligation and not morality anymore, and it's not conscience. Okay, it is love, love, compassion. That is what drives us to give or to help or to do whatever we we want to do. It is compassion, love. Nothing else. So if you are saying, you know, it's like uh, I will give now. I will I will put offering. All, why? Because then I, if I give, then I will receive. That is not how God works. Because He said, okay, and Paul recognized this. He wrote it in one in Ephesians one three. He said, "Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with everything we could ever get." In other words, there is nothing given to you. There is nothing more that can be given to you. Sorry, there is nothing more that can be given to you that you would already do not have. And what I want to do, uh, what we are going to do through this EG, is realize how to make that, how to materialize all that, right? What do you go after? What are you living for? We want to materialize all that kind of abundance, all that perfect health, all that joy, peace of mind. You know, it's like who doesn't want peace of mind, right? We all want peace of mind. I don't want to be ruled by you know it's like by by government telling me what to do by society telling me I want to live a free life. Everybody wants to live a free life. So the conscience is where it's like everything is. It, it's like you live free in your conscience and your life. Everything translates out into your life. You have so much peace of mind. Why? Because you're not governed by obligation or morality, and that is really key. That is how we live our life. Okay. Now, one of the things that Jesus did on the cross, right? You remember I asked you a question. Uh, one of the things that I, one of the things that I asked you was, one guy in the Old Covenant, uh, not Old Covenant, in the Old Testament is mentioned in the Old Testament. Okay, he did not die, but God took him. His name is Enoch. He was the seventh from Adam, okay, and it says that Enoch walked with God, and God took him. Okay, that's what the Bible says, and that and I found that to be you know it's like early on it was baffling, very baffling to me. I mean, every man dies, every man should die. I mean, that's humanity, right? So I thought, but then Enoch didn't die, and I'm like. There's something over there because it's like, how can it be that one guy didn't die? Did God favor him? Because Bible also says there's no partiality with God. So what did he do right 
what did he do in order to get translated or not die what did he do for god to take him then there's another guy uh, uh elijah what did he do so that god could take him without him dying what was so special about these two guys that are there and why is why is there any partiality why should there be partiality there's god doesn't partial, uh, have partiality why because every person is made in his image how can he how can he favor one person over the other that's not even his nature it's not possible with him there are some things that are possible there are some things that are impossible and with god partiality is impossible because it will be like him being partial to one part of himself because it's a it's a manifest elijah and uh, enoch are a manifestation of himself so it's not possible so what were they doing that literally got them to be translated into the heavenly realms without going through the door of death it has to do with their conscience that is the key their conscience did not accept the fact the lie that god was mad with them god was angry with them and they and that they have to die you know what paul writes in uh, in uh, in romans chapter 3 and verse uh, chapter 3 and verse 23 okay he says all have fallen short of the glory of god right all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god in other words everybody is wrong everybody is going to die why because of what they did now if you know anything about the book of romans in other for those of you who don't know the romans is a book that is in the bible one of the one of the epistles that paul wrote and in that book it is written that uh, he he wrote paul wrote that all have sinned and fallen short of god's glory now what is the sin right what is the sin that they have fallen short of that earned them this thing about death in chapter 6 verse 23 it says he says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life now that's that's really profound okay he says the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life now for for as long as i can remember i have been uh, i've been in jesus for the last 25 years right from the get go from i mean i kick started my journey with the same scripture saying all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and the wages of sin is death and the gift of god is eternal life right from the start this is the first scripture i heard people say why because it's part of the gospel message in other words they preach this to tell you that this is the gospel you have sinned you have fallen short of god's glory now you have to repent you have to give your life to jesus god loves you this that that blah 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 and i'm a sinner i'm a sinner that's the way i was uh, raised to uh, that's what i was raised to believe you're a sinner and you need to you know get right with god by giving your life to jesus christ and all that jazz and i believed it but later on the the father opened up the scripture to me and he said you know it's like why don't you just read it you know english what does it say the wages of sin is death how many of you work how many of you do a job or you know it's like go to a company or something like that okay you want a wage right do they do they penalize you do they punish you with your salary 
is your salary a punishment i mean just just a question you your your wage that you earn at the end of the month or end of the week or whatever you earn it is that a punishment no it's a recompense it's a remuneration remuneration for what you've done for your service in other words you have earned your wage you get what i'm saying the wage in other words you have earned you have got what you deserve the wages of sin is death in other words you have put on a mindset of death you have done whatever you have done is bringing you to a place of death but the gift of god in other words the opposite of wage now something you have to do and you have to earn is something that you do right you get a salary why because you have done something but as far as the gift of god is concerned it goes past your wages now because now you're getting something that is free without you doing anything the opposite of wages the gift of god is eternal life if you know anything about the book of romans it's a book of progression in other words paul starts right from the beginning with adam and then he goes on with the gospel and how man fell and this that the other and all that and jesus came and then uh, post jesus what happens and how we live our life after that but still he had not come to the pinnacle of his revelation for his life which is why the book of romans is incomplete in how you can live your life to perfection because at that point he was still in prison in prison being whipped and lashed and everything and he was on his way to judgment so he was still couldn't he still couldn't complete that book now you and i going back to enoch and elijah need to get past this conscience that says you have to die and that door the uh, death is a doorway to heaven you have to do something in order to get something else you have to sow in order to reap what you do is what you get if you uh, do something wrong it will come full circle and bite you in the butt all these things we have heard from the ages and we've been living our life in the back of our mind this is always playing why because we have been taught this right from the time we were born as kids we you know we've been taught this this is not true as far as god is concerned this is not true as far as the world is concerned 100% as far as people are concerned 100% it will happen according to what you believe matthew you know jesus said in matthew 929 he says according to what you believe that is going to happen to you in other words your life is a product of what you believe and that is really important because you are creating a reality for yourself when you say and when you think and when you believe that if i do this only then i will get this how many of you would like to you know i this is this is only illustrative okay i'm it's just an analogy or an example it's not uh, i'm not saying that you know if you want you can have it it's up to you but think about it what if right what if you this thing happens to you where you want to go and buy something every time you want to go and buy something you can go and buy whatever you want all you want to do is go to the shop put your hand in your pocket and exactly what you need will come out how many of us would like to live that life ah, that's 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 awesome you go you go buy something just put your hand in your pocket whatever you have exact money comes out for and you and you pay it perfect you don't even have to count you know that everything you need is in right in your pocket ah, that that's an awesome life right 
very much possible, very much real. And that is the reality that we are living in now. Okay. The only thing is you don't need to have a pocket for that. Everything you have, everything you need is the heavenly realms that, that you are already living in. It's called the kingdom. The kingdom, okay, is the pocket that we are living in. Now, I'm sure in your mind, you must be thinking, oh my God, I thought this was going to be something real. Okay. It is real. And that is where imagination takes you. That is where the, it, it kickstarts your faith, your faith journey, where everything is provided for you. And I guarantee you this because I am living it and I'm experiencing it. And that is why I'm sharing it. One of the things I've learned and I have come down very, uh, you know, it's like something that I make sure this is the only thing I do is that I will not share or I will not speak of something that is not a part of my life. I, that is why I'm saying this is not a teaching. This is not a Sunday preaching. This is not a message. This is not some session or lesson or anything of the sort. This is nothing of those things. I'm only sharing an experience that I'm living and I want you to have it because it is free and everybody is entitled to it. And Father God has made it a reality for all of us. So we are living in this reality where everything that you need, all you have to know is that you already have it. The moment you start thinking, where do I get it from? Where, how, how will it happen? How will things materialize? What do I have to do to make it happen? The moment you think that your mind is trained or you're, you're believing that it is not real and it is not a possibility and you have to do something to make it materialize. Why did you and I, why were you and I given the Holy Spirit? Why did God, why did Jesus say, we will come to you. We will make a home in you. I am going to the father, but I will send you another helper. He will be with you. He will teach you all things. He will be, he will remind you of everything that I've spoken. Why did he send the Holy Spirit? So that everything that Jesus did, you and I can experience verbatim ditto. You know, Jesus, he multiplied the loaves and the fish, right? He made turn water into wine and all that stuff. How did he do it? By the Holy Spirit. After he got baptized, after he received the Holy Spirit, that is when he started doing all these things. But he never did anything unless he received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that is something that you and I had to receive, had to come to terms with before you and I can start living that life that he lived. Is it possible? 100%. Does it take anything from you? Absolutely nothing. All it takes from you is to come into a reality that, yeah, I'm living in this reality where everything has already been given to me. And all I have to do is let the Holy Spirit make it happen. That's all it takes. The moment you're thinking, how will this happen? How will that happen? You are not giving the Holy Spirit a chance to materialize it. You know why? Because it can only happen through you. In the book of, uh, I think it's on Isaiah. Somewhere it says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the scripture. It says that you and I are everlasting gates and we are doors. Why will the Bible call us gates and doors? Doors and gates are things that allow people to come in, something to come in, Right? It is something that is an entryway. So what happens is that 
we are, the only way the Holy Spirit can materialize things is when we be gates and we be doors to everything that he wants to do, open to what he is doing. And he materializes it. I've seen, I mean, I'm a living proof of this kind of a reality. And I know many, many people who are living proofs of this. Whatever you, whatever is your desire in your heart, if you know it is yours, it cannot go anywhere except materializing your life. What's yours, you can't lose. You can't lose. It's yours. What's yours cannot escape you. It has to materialize. But you just have to be that open door that says it's available. It is there. It's very much there. And all I got to do is let it happen. Now can I tell you something else? The reason why I'm telling you about imagination is because have you heard, uh, you know, when it is said, uh, have you heard it said, what you see is what you get? Yeah, it's a very common phrase. And it's true. It's true. What you see is what you get. The question is, what are you looking at? Right? That's the key. Because if you are looking at lack, if you're looking at sickness, if you are looking at weakness, if you are looking at depression, if you are looking at hopelessness, if you are looking at all these things, that's what you get. But if you are looking at abundance, if you are looking at perfection, at health, at eternal life, if you are looking at youth, if you are looking at, you know, uh, uh, glorious, uh, you know, trouble-free uh, free life, it's what you get. Why? Because that's the only thing you see. What you see is what you get. Jesus told Nicodemus, and we'll come to this also later on. He, he told Nicodemus, Unless you, unless, you, uh, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? Unless you are born of water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So why is it necessary to see before you enter the kingdom of God? Because unless you see it, you can't enter it. Unless you see your life, your reality, your reality is what? I mean, you think about it. Close your eyes right now. Okay, close your eyes. Let's do this. See yourself surrounded, okay, by a treasure room of gold bars. There are, there are racks and racks of gold bars. You're in this place where you're surrounded by racks and racks of gold bars. There, there, are, there are diamonds and jewels on the floor. There are, there's gold trinkets, there's jewels, there's, there's jewelry, there's, there's abundance of wealth. There's money just strewn across this place. Now, as you're, as you're looking at it, keep seeing it. Now walk backwards and step out of the gate that you just stepped into. On the head, on the headway, on the lintel of that gate, see your name written. That's your treasure house. Everything in there belongs to you. On that gate is your name. 
that gate is open. Now here's what I want you to do. Get back into that gate. And now open your eyes. Remain there. Remain in that place. As long as you can see that place where there's an abundance of wealth, as long as you keep your mind, and I'm telling you, this is something that I've seen and I know, and that is materializing in my life. Okay. As long as you are living in that treasure room, okay, you will never have a shortage of anything. One way or the other, the Holy Spirit will materialize everything that belongs to you into your physical life. Where did gold come from? Diamonds and jewels, where did they come from? Think about it, right? Where did the physical things that you and I call money or gold or silver or platinum or jewels or diamonds or emeralds, where did it come from? It came from somewhere, right? It was created from something, right? It was created from the spiritual realm, from the heavenly realms. You and I are only looking at a physical version of what is there in the heavenly realms. So if you, and if you remain in that place of your treasure house in heaven, and this is only the treasure house, I'm looking at, uh, I'm, if you go and live on the mountain of God, if you go and live in the garden of God, if you go and live in Jesus, you are going to be living in perfect health, in perfect life, a trouble-free uh, free life in the glory zone. There is no way you can get out of that place. So now you are in this place and every time you are thinking about something that you need, just see yourself that I'm in this place. Holy Spirit will materialize it for me. As many times as you can, go back to that place. Go find Jesus. Meet him. Speak to him. You will find that as long as he's there, as long as you're meeting the Father, as long as you are spending time in the heavenly realms, you will always know that this is where I live. So whatever is going to happen in my life is going to come from this place now. Why? Because Holy Spirit will make it real. He'll make it physical. People will just come in my life and something will happen in my life where everything that I need will be taken care of. You need perfect health. Holy Spirit will make it happen such that your body is rejuvenated. Every DNA strand in your body is rejuvenated with life. Why? Because you are one with Jesus. You are living in his life. And you and he are one in the Father. See it. What you see is what you get. Not physical. See the source of everything physical. Perfect health has its source from Jesus in the heavenly realms. See the source. Don't see the product. Don't see the final product. The final product is the world which has all the thing. All Let them, you can impact them one at a time, but you can't impact them. A sick person can't go and tell a person who is, you know, who is sick saying, you know, come to Jesus, you'll be healed. Come to Jesus, you'll be healthy. It doesn't make sense. I don't want to be like you. But a person who is healthy Going and telling a person who's sick, yeah, okay, fine. I want, I want you to be healed. Why? I'm living in perfect health. Receive it. Right? This is the way, this is the kingdom. Everything that you have is spiritual. 
and it's not difficult i'm not giving you some i'm not uh, spinning yarns or something over here what i am trying to say is everything that i am experiencing i'm sharing it with you so you can live in your treasure house in heaven and everything that you have there's a never any supply of peace there's a never any supply of joy there's a never any supply of life there's a never any supply of health when you are in heaven there is no death it's your conscience that's uh, that's telling you otherwise so get over it how do you get over it you get in touch with the father spend time with him and he will show you a different story he will show you something so real that you will not believe anything that you see right at least you will not believe that it can happen in your life it's not possible so yeah any questions anyone has anything to share or any, any anything about what we discussed today Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Acha, I just wanted to ask something because uh, I was having this time of prayer in the morning, not in the morning, the day, and uh, I saw an image. I was not sure what this image is, like someone's face or something, and I thought I have heard a voice. I'm not sure if it is my voice or not. You know, it's something like it says something like. Uh, how do you want me to be it means as if jesus is asking me how does he want him to be for me i mean something like that so is it my imagination or this is a part of the process or what i i wouldn't know that you should know that <laughs> i mean see the thing is this it's your experience how how did you feel in that experience in other words was it comforting was jesus were, did you did you do you think was it random did it flow from a train of thought right remember the last time you we were talking about how you can identify uh, whether it's uh, from the holy spirit whether it's jesus the father whether it's one of the cloud of witnesses or it is just you how do you identify it like for example you you see something and then one thought leads to another to another to another and finally you reach some place that is so bizarre that you don't you're wondering how did i get you start thinking about this but you can trace that thought all the way back to where you uh, started like for example you saw something so you can trace it back so how did this happen was it a random thought that popped into your head was it something that when you were spending time with father it just randomly happened or was it something that you know you thought up so you'll be able to identify this yeah so that's the thing like because i'm not able to trace it back okay so i would say don't worry about it you can ask god again because you can ask jesus again because if it is if it is him he'll he'll get back to you yeah so don't put don't don't stress out over it it's it's normal right sometimes uh, it's it's part of the process of growth so it just means that you're getting more sensitive to the heavenly realms more sensitive to what you are hearing and sensing and seeing in the spirit so it's a good thing i would say keep going okay thanks anyone have a question yeah um you mentioned about uh meeting the, the being of time experiencing yeah i met time yes yeah okay um would you be able to expand more how how you encountered time time yeah so firstly time is a created entity okay 
is a it is a government is a person okay anything you see anything you know is a person we don't see these things we think of these things as just concepts we say we think they're just ideas but if it has come from the father and everything has come from the father if it exists in the father it is a living being it is an entity it is a person it is a reality okay the sun is a reality the sun is a person now how we manifest how we see things and all that is all up to how the spiritual realm manifests to us in a certain reality that you and i can frame depending on how we perceive things now when i met time time when 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 i saw him he was this you know multi variegated there was like just waves of color that were all around me that i was basically in i had come into oneness with him and he was just these wave forms that were all around me now that was how i experienced time another time i experienced time is when i was outside of him and i could see these two spheres which i explained which i uh, shared with you earlier but i was living from eternity and i could see time operate now when i encountered time it was more like i was in him i was one with him and his thoughts and my thoughts became so united that i knew that okay fine you know he'll be the one doing everything all i need to do is chill and he'll work it out why because he is coming to oneness with who i am in oneness with my being so that whatever my desire is becomes his desire and he does it and he performs everything that i desire in my heart so that's how creation works creation is not is not looking for a boss creation is not looking for a lord to govern govern it like you know it's like do this do that kind of a thing creation is waiting for us to come into oneness with it so that our desire becomes its desire and it conforms to everything that we want and it does accordingly it's not looking for a boss you know it's looking for someone who can come into oneness with and that's what time is we come to oneness with time it starts working with us according to the desire of our heart why because the desire of our heart is our father's desire because we are made in his image and in his likeness you and i have the mind of christ so when time manifested to me it was in a form of you know just waves of color brilliant awesome color that's how i saw him so yeah anyone else any questions so uh, what i'm saying is um, thank you so much for this wonderful sharing i mean really really blessed and uh, the thing what you said that you know somebody else lives through you it's better that father god lives through you jesus lives through you so it's yeah. a wonderful uh, experience and that thought so when you told to you know experience that you are in a treasure house yeah looking at the gold bars the jewelry and this and that and when i was doing that uh, and you said to see the name on the on the room outside the house you see the name plate yeah so what I, what i seen was the home i live in i yeah. seen the name plate of my house the disudas yeah and i i i seen the home so i i understand that that is the abundance that is where everything will flow from yeah so so basically i experienced that journey of seeing the home as the place of abundance as the place of joy or as a place of peace where everything is going to flow from 
So that is the experience I wanted to share. Thank you so much, Kurt. I mean, I'm really, really blessed. And I seen that everything is flowing from that place of kingdom or, you know, the, the, the abundance of everything is going in our lives. Awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, you can see, uh, you can see whatever you want on that uh, name and you can create a reality for yourself or your family and yeah, yeah, you can just do it. So whatever you desire, see, the thing is this, you are powerful. Every single person over here is powerful to create his own reality. Okay. Nobody can tell you this is right. This is wrong. Do it this way. Do it that way. And all that. Nobody can tell you that. You know why? Because you are so unique and you are so powerful as, as a son of God. Okay. And that is what we'll discuss the next time. You're a son of God. And I'll show you how. As a son, you are so powerful that whatever you desire, you want to change the weather, you can change the weather. Why? Because you are powerful to change anything you want. It's who you are. I mean, you are not made a co-creator just namesake. You know, the silent partner on the, on the agreement. No, it's not that way. You are exactly who God says you are. A son. And a son has the right over everything that the father has. Right? Cool. Any, anything else? Any other questions? Or anyone has anything to share? Brother, I have yeah. back pain. So what do I how to imagine and how to get rid of? Okay. So um with regards to back pain, back pain is also just another thing that it's like it must have started somewhere where it's, at first it must have been like, okay, fine, you know, it's possible to have. See, the thing is this, when I, uh, I had tuberculosis uh, in 2000 and 2000 or 2001, I don't remember, something like that. In 2001, around that time, I had tuberculosis. And before that, okay, I was like, everybody falls sick. Everybody, you know, goes through sickness and illness and everything. It's, it's, a, it's a normal part of life. It's, we're all human. I didn't want to fall sick. I didn't want to be, uh, because nobody likes the feeling. But it, for me, at that point of time, it was normal. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, it's like, why should I have to go through this? But then the father said, if Jesus is taking it on the cross, why are you taking it on yourself? Right? If it is already on the cross, then it can't be on you because it can't be in two places at the same time. How can your sickness be on you and on the cross? So either you are taking that sickness instead of giving it up to the cross, okay, and living that sickness, rather change your mind about it. You can't fall sick. It is not possible. Why? Because Jesus took it away. The reason why Jesus went to the cross with all his body torn, his body ripped, the Bible says he, was, he could not be recognized, is so that you should not have to go through it. So at that point, I made a decision that, you know, it's like if, if it's on the cross, then it can't be on me. It can't happen both ways. So I started asking for the father about how can I live a life which is so perfect that I never fall sick. My sickness and this thing in my mind where, you know, it's like you fall sick and all started dwindling down to a place where I never felt sick after that. You no, know, because it's like for me, it was 
how can it be possible why should i fall sick i'm a son first of all okay and secondly i'm a son because jesus made me a son in my mind in my conscience i was always a son but i bought, got restored again to that place of sonship i i am exactly as he is now the first thing is that you change your mind about sickness don't think it is normal to fall sick it's not normal to fall sick it is highly abnormal to fall sick because jesus took it away and you are now a son of god restored in his perfect health 1 john chapter 4 and verse 17 in the bible it says exactly as he is so are you not in the future not when you get to heaven and you know so called go to heaven all now in this world where you're living in in this life so you are exactly as he is right so the first thing you get into your mind is that you can't fall sick it is not possible right second you believe that you are living in the father right colossians chapter 3 1 2 and 3 it says you are hidden with christ in god how can sickness be in the father how can there be any form of sickness what is sickness sickness is a form of death right anything that takes away from you is death it's a form of decay it is taking away your life it is not in the father you are in the father uh like i was mentioning in colossians chapter 3 right it says that you are hidden with christ in the father so if you are in the father it is not possible that any form of sickness can reach you so start changing your mind about that right sickness cannot reach your life your physical life cannot be touched why because you are living in heaven you are living in heaven and you need to settle for it settle it like you know as if it's it, because it is the truth not as if it's the truth it is the truth you are now in heaven if you're not in heaven it's because you are not born again so get born again because the moment you say jesus you know it's like you died you took my death on the cross the moment you acknowledge that jesus died in your place poof you are in heaven you received the holy spirit you became heaven right in romans in revelation chapter 5 uh, and and uh, both 5 and 6 it says you are a kingdom and you are a priesthood in other words you're not just a king you are an entire kingdom in yourself you are in an entire priesthood in yourself so you are not just you know some some insignificant person living somewhere and trying to find god no you are not you are more, you are a powerful being so see yourself that way it is not possible for you to fall sick you can't be in the father and be sick at the same time light darkness cannot enter the light so what you need to do is see yourself as perfectly healed see yourself as sickness not possible it's not possible the moment you know it is not possible you're pushing it out of your body because the light will not allow darkness to remain and you are light right and see we can pray for you okay that's uh, that, that's the church way of doing it and normally the church uh, way of doing it is where you know it's like it's all spoon feeding you know it's like 
uh, don't worry, we'll pray for you, we'll do this, we'll do that, and all that stuff. And and, and, and the pastor comes and prays and everything, and then the person is still sick uh, after that, or falls sick again, and they don't know how to stay in health. They don't know how to live in perfect health. Why? Because it's all spoon-feeding. But what we can do is learn how to live in perfect health, where you are living and you are the light, and darkness cannot come into your life. So, I mean... You choose. Well, how would you like to do it? I would rather not spoon feed anyone. I, I, that's why I don't pray for people. So I generally don't pray for people because I would rather they kind of like, you know, it's like learn to live above sickness. So, yeah, I mean. Good. I, good. I just want to uh, share something. One second. Uh, Clara, Clara was just saying something. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, today, I kept uh, reminding myself, uh, I am the daughter of Jehovah Rapha. And I was uh, saying it loudly. I, because the nerve pain and the back pain is very terrible. Then I kept repeating uh, morning. Then after that, I forgot. And uh, like now, uh, and even uh, by afternoon, uh, the pain is much, much better. Because that nerve pain, back pain is so terrible. But I kept uh, mourning. At, I kept saying, I'm the daughter of Jehovah Rapha. I'm the daughter of Jehovah Rapha. I'm the daughter of Jehovah Rapha. And then, now at least, I mean, much, much better. That's awesome. I mean, see, as whatever you believe, you, you create that reality for yourself. So it happens for you, yeah. right? And we are growing from one reality to another, and it's and it's more uh, it's like a reality to a more glorious reality to a better reality. Mm -hmm. The Bible says it is grace upon grace, so a glory yes. to glory. So we are growing from one uh, level of glory to another, and and it, it only gets better. So you see it that way, and that's that's all awesome. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Cyril, you were saying, Kurt, you know, it's something like this. Uh, about almost thirty years ago. I mean, I was a person who used to feel hurt at the drop of a pin. Like, you know, at, at any slight thing, I used to feel hurt. And suddenly, I read in my version of that particular Bible that I was reading, surely bore your hurts and carried your griefs and sorrows. And from that time onwards, nothing makes me hurt. It's like it it just became real to me. So, I, But I, I used to always say, uh, grumble with the Lord and say, Lord, why doesn't that, that happen to me with physical sickness? I mean, it's, it's happening with hurts, but it's not happening with physical sickness. But now it's happening with physical sickness for the last five, six years. Why? Because it's a matter of really believing that, uh, you know, that that, that is it's like, you, like you call it reality, you know, it's making it a reality in, yeah. in, in your mind. That, that's that's my, my yeah, yeah. example. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just about a change of mindset. You think differently. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So thanks everyone for joining in and uh, we'll catch up the next time. I think the next time we'll talk about sonship and how uh, we got restored into that mindset of being sons. And, you know, it's like how father God has brought us back to that place where now we know that we are sons. It's not that we were not sons. We were always sons right from the start. Adam was a son. He never lost his sonship. His sons were sons. There is no uh, uh, sonship is not a gender thing. Okay, it is not a male and female thing. Sonship has nothing to do with uh, being a boy or girl, a man or woman. Yeah, it has to do with identity and it has to do with position. And we'll 
speak about it the next time. Cool. So you guys have fun. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy life. If you're not enjoying life, you're not living. Okay. So have fun. <laughs>